Blog Talk Radio. Good morning. My name is Jeanette Abney, and I want to thank you for joining me here at Precious Predicaments Blog Talk Radio. So I kind of found out how, a little bit about how to do my computer, so hopefully that's looking a little better. But I want to thank you again for joining me. I want to first thank my Heavenly Father for blessing me, waking me up, giving me the activities of my limb. I want to tell people, please don't call me on the phone right now because I cannot talk. But people want to call me anyway, but that's okay. So today is Tuesday, and on Tuesday is when we do the show, From the Pulpit to the Couch, where you will receive biblical teachings from individuals that is in ministry, as well as from myself, Jeanette Abney, a licensed marriage and family therapist. Now, I like staying in my lane on Mondays. I don't mind talking. I can talk about anything. But on Tuesdays, I like to reach out to individuals that are in ministry, individuals, whether you are a pastor, whether you're a deacon. And I know that the church doors for some are closed, and I know that some individuals are still going to church faithfully, and despite what's going on with COVID, they teach his own. So this also gives you the the time to have a platform to be able to share with individuals that are believers and are non-believers. So for those of you, I don't want to start calling out your names, but I've kind of been tagging you and, and trying to get you to help me with some of these topics as I don't want to be sharing information that I'm out of my lane, I'm out of pocket. So I want to, and I would love to have your feedback And even if you want to join me on the show, if you have a topic that the Lord has placed on your heart or you want to share with individuals, give me a call and let me know. Because like I said, even though the numbers look kind of low, people are still listening to the show in different countries. The show is also being um, translated in different languages. And sometimes you never know who's listening. Just like when you're out there doing things, you never know who's watching you. You know, it's kind of like that song when it said, I always feel like somebody's watching me. I have no privacy. So that kind of brings us to today's topic, which is entitled being oppressed. Now, I know that I'm still kind of putting stuff up there on Facebook as I'm on the show. I'm, I'm so used to multitasking, so this is just basically what I do. And I do need to do better with procrastinating. I know that much. So when we start talking about being oppressed, today many individuals are concerned about what we're either hearing, what we're seeing, what we're witnessing as it relates to the United States. Now, we've seen a lot of different things going on in other countries. We've seen people have an um, a uproar. They're upset about something. They feel things are not fair. People are not being treated right. You know, we start talking about protesting and whether it is a, um, a civil protest, whether, you know, what are, are, what are we standing for? What are we upset about? And I know today we have a whole lot of things that many individuals are upset about. But when we start talking about being oppressed and oppression, you know, when we start talking about well, what we're seeing now, a lot of it we know is related to the election. Some of it goes deeper than the election. They're talking about Black Lives Matter. They're talking about the civil unrest, the stuff that's happening. But what we saw at Capitol, that right there was out of 
control. Now, some people would say, well, why didn't other people go? Why are we going to take our butt over there when we see them over there acting a fool like that and being foolish? Ain't no way. Now, but the problem is, what would make a person even think that they can even get away with something like that? You know, what would make a person think that, that that's okay? I remember even being a businesswoman and things were going a certain way and the clients felt like they were being treated unfairly and all of this stuff. And I remember my mother telling me, Jeanette, you know what you got to do. And I was like, oh, what am I supposed to do here? You not going to have me sitting up here with no life sentence or have me sitting up here trying to, no. I had to learn how to fight differently for those that I cared about. And that right there is huge. Because a lot of times when we start talking about the oppressed and being oppressed, even little kids when they're children will say, well, that's not fair, or you like so-and-so more than you like me. Or, you know, we this started at a very, very young age. But today I want to talk about what the Bible has to say so that we can gain a better understanding as it relates to being oppressed and what that really actually means according to the Word of God. You know, so my question is, have we forgot about the people that we're supposed to be looking out for, the widows, the homeless, the children? Have we forgot about them? You know, are we really that concerned or to the point where we start talking about who becomes president or who is president or who gets to stay at all. Is it really that serious? Sometimes people that know me know I got to say, I'll be like, really? Really? Y'all want to go there? Really? You know? So, but the problem is we have to gain a better understanding because I always say, and I heard Dr. Phil say too, when we know better, we do better. But sometimes I wonder, what is it really going to take? What is it going to take? Now, if you want to call in and you want to join me as we're talking about this conversation, give me a call at 516-387-1914 because I want to hear your thoughts. I want to hear what you have to say as it relates to this matter because when I look at individuals and I see poverty or I see animal cruelty and I see child abuse and a lot of things, and, and, and that's just to name a few, whether it's individuals living in other countries and they don't have no food, no running water, or when I'm looking at the news and at one time I'm looking at individuals and we're in these food lines and, you know, and individuals are still waiting on their stimulus checks. And I'm like, what is this really about? What is going on? Are we concerned about the wrong thing? Are we fighting the wrong battle? Are we, you know, and, yeah, we got to get more with our prayer life. We, we, got to do, we got to do better. We really do. But like I said, I don't want to be the one on the show running my mouth because I got to talk to clients all day today. So I will be quiet if I can get some people to call in and share their thoughts, their views, their opinion, what they're going through so that you may be able to encourage and help another that may be feeling oppressed, that may be feeling left out, that may be feeling deep down, or perhaps it just really maybe just want to give up. Because sometimes giving up is not always the right thing to do. 
Now, we're still dealing with this COVID, you know, and I talk to some of my friends and some individuals that are in the healthcare field and, you know, whether to get the vaccine, whether not to get the vaccine, whether they, is it good, is it bad, or, you know, what are your thoughts in regards to that? Some people are afraid because they feel like you may be trying to isolate a whole population. We don't know. But if you don't know, talk to somebody. But I remember... Also, we talk about talking to somebody. I remember hearing a guy tell me at a meeting one time, trust plays an issue. Trust is huge. And one of the things that he said was a person that you can trust is a person that has nothing to gain and don't have nothing to lose because they have no reason to lie to you. And a lot of times we're being deceived. A lot of times we're being misled. A lot of times we're being bamboozled even in relationships. So when we start talking about being oppressed or feeling like we're being left out or feel like we're being mistreated, it kind of makes me question why would someone even want to do that to someone? So I got a caller calling in. Thank you for calling in so I won't be talking about myself. Good morning, this is Jeanette. Welcome to participate in this blog talk radio. How are you doing today? I'm doing good. How about you? I'm doing well. It sounds like you're driving. Uh, yes, I am. <laughs> well, you know what? I thank you for calling in. I thank you for your obedience. I thank you for support. And even on this journey, because you know me, I, I love to talk, but I want to make sure that I'm talking with some substance. And I'm helping other individuals because when we start talking about these topics, and I always notice whenever I have a juicy topic, stuff always go bad. My mic wasn't working today, so it wasn't wasn't even logging into the computer. Stuff just be, you know. But I said, but the one thing is, I am not going to give up, you know. And I am not one that give up easily. But when we start talking about being oppressed. What comes to your mind as we talk about this topic? About being oppressed? Yes, or being oppressed. Depressed? No, not depressed, because it's funny, because if you look at the word oppressed and you start changing some words around, some letters around, a person that is oppressed can feel depressed because of their situation. So right. they can all be tied together but when we start talking about the oppressed, I know as a kid I used to think about poverty. I would think about people that didn't have a lot of food or, you know, sometimes individuals that was in bad situations. I didn't know what that meant. I, I really didn't. You know, and then I think about the commercial. I like the McDonald's commercial that they had, and the kid would have some french fries, and he was saying, one for you, two for me. Two for you, three for me. And that little kid right. was looking at that person like, really, you go get more french fries than me? So uh-huh. but what he was doing was it was about power and control. So right. oppression is the unjust use of power at the expense of others, meaning I don't want to give away my power, so it's going to be at the expense of other people. And that's the problem because a lot of individuals don't realize it's at their expense. It involves protecting one's power, 
meaning I don't want you to take my power. I don't want you messing mm-hmm. with my comfort. I don't want you taking away my security or my privilege at the expense of somebody else. And it makes you kind of wonder about the psyche of a person that would do that. Even though we start talking about being oppressed and oppression, it's a tricky concept to address because a lot of times people don't want to talk about it because it's been happening for so long. I remember old individuals would say, oh, baby, that's okay. Oh, don't worry about it. Oh, they go get theirs in the end. And even biblically, yeah. when we talk about the righteous not being forsaken nor a seed beggar bread, and that was one of the scriptures that I stand on in Psalm 33. But the thing is, and my question to you, because we observe oppression all around the world, we've seen it on some levels, but you know what? A lot of individuals may know it's wrong, but then there's still some people that just won't do nothing about it. It's like, how you going to have old power? Even as a kid, Michelle, I didn't even like playing Monopoly. That game got on my nerves. Because it was only mm-hmm. certain properties at the most value. And the reason why I didn't want to play Monopoly is because I knew I wasn't going to be wanting to play fair either. But I learned to get mm-hmm. it. So when we start talking about oppression, that was why I asked you, what does that mean to you? What is your concept of oppression or being oppressed? Well, basically you just described it. I mean, that's why I wanted to make sure you said oppressed and not depressed. But also I think that people are depressed even when they're oppressed because and they don't sometimes realize it. Um, but because of the power. I mean, it's like what's happening, you know, what's happening now. I mean, and somebody wants to take away, you know, it's, it's very nerve to me. It makes me feel very insecure when it's when somebody's trying to do that to another person. Uh-huh. Because I'm wondering, I don't know if insecure is the word. I mean, I worry. It, may, it makes me nervous, I guess, because I'm thinking, can this person really do this to this person? Okay, or uh-huh. and is this person really this this person? This is happening to this person, and it, it is that. I mean, I mean, the way the situation is now, I mean, there's probably a lot of people that are oppressed, and they probably just think they're just depressed because. Uh-huh. Well, sometimes people go along to get along, and they don't want to rock the boat. And like right. I said, it's hard. It, I mean, it's when we look at our culture, when we look at our society, we, it's like, really? You want it all? What you gonna do with it? You know, like they say, what is it? What is it, what is it for a man to gain the world and lose his soul? What you you can't take it all with you when you die. So one of the right. things when I woke up and I don't want to make this all about Trump or our, our politics because that is one of those picky, sticky issues. But if I'm going to go out there, if you call me and you say, Jeanette, and you know we are a relationship, Jeanette, they did, uh-huh. or this is happening to me, I'll do my best to help you gain insight as to what's going on. I will listen to you. I will provide you with food. I will do my best to help you. But you know. I'm not taking no knife to no gunfight. So I'm not going to be running out there right. going, well, Michelle said, and y'all did, da, da, and I don't know what Michelle got to gain out of this. What Michelle did. Sometimes we got to use wisdom. We got to think. You know, we're just going to take us yeah. to Babylon and I'm going to talk about that because Babylon was one of the icons of 
oppression in the Bible. People still want to be in Babylon. It's like, really? So mm-hmm. when I was watching the news and social media, and I, even on my LinkedIn, I'm listening to individuals with the utmost intellect. Some of the stuff that they're saying and believing, I'm just like, do you want to be oppressed? Do you want someone to have that much power and control over you? What is this about? So we have another caller calling in. Mm -hmm. No, I'm just just saying that I I think it's all because everybody is, I don't know, maybe they're just so in shock over what's happening with everything. So then they're, they're feeling that way because they're feeling helpless and they don't know what to do and, you know, and then when they normally would know how to take their power and do what they need to do. But when certain things happen, um, I guess people start to get, I mean, I, I that's why I don't even look at the news that much because it's like, okay, but I'm telling myself, I'm not going to let mm-hmm. them take that power. Mm-hmm. Well, and I'm the thing is this, and I, even not even just looking at the news, you see wherever you go. I mean, even in stores, even in at jobs. We have another caller call right. in. Let me log this person on. Okay. Hi, this is Jeanette. Welcome to Virtue Predicaments, Blog Talk Radio. How are you doing? Number in the next I'm doing well. How are you doing? I'm doing okay. I think I know. Is this way busy? This is way busy. How are you doing? <laughs> I'm doing okay. After seeing numbers sometimes, you kind of get used to the numbers. What do you think about this? <laughs> well, topic? We're talking about being oppressed a because a lot of times, we look at oppression, we look at the half, we look at the half hot. A lot of this is about power and control. People don't want to share. You know, we're forgetting about the homelessness. We're forgetting about the children, the widows, the sick, yeah. the elderly, you know, individuals that, yeah, we need to stand up for individuals that cannot fight for themselves. You know, I tell people mm-hmm. when I was a kid, I was a bully who used to bully bully. No, now I take your food, but other than that, if I saw uh. that being treated badly, you come to that. No. But the thing is, I also had to learn how to fight differently. So what is your take huh? in regards to topic of press? Well, I kind of look at things a little differently because I learned a few things over the years of um, dealing with this particular thing you're talking about, being oppressed by other people. And the other people mm-hmm. that don't know the truth, as you understand it, are going to be in opposition. They're going to be the adversary, if you will. Mm-hmm. So I've learned how to. I've learned how to look at this adversary in a different mm-hmm. light. Whereas in the light that I'm looking at it, it looks past what people think, say, and do. Now people mm-hmm. want to. Try, they want to try to sit on the seat of who you are and tell you what's right and wrong. But you know better mm-hmm. because Christ sits there. Christ sits on the seat of who you are. And sets you free so you can love him. And through the love that you love him with is how you're going to love these people because God's doing this work, not you. Mm-hmm. Well, and see, and a lot of times people want to make it a race issue. Everything is not a race issue. Well, Because know, we but, have some look at, individuals okay, that, that are biracial, are cultural. We learn ignorant. how to cultivate, assimilate. So it's even deeper than that. A lot of it is fear-based, meaning I got all my coins over here. We're talking about Caesar and things in the Bible. That's why I want the pastors to call in so they can explain this because I can relate to it growing up in Compton. And I used to tell people, just because I grew up in Compton, I mean, I'm ghetto. 
Just because I grew up in certain, don't mean I'm uneducated. That's not what that means. But I remember a lot of of being oppressed. We look at being discriminated against or being mistreated. But see, but you could still have financial stability and still be oppressed because people don't want you to be at a certain level. You know, I remember the Jet magazine one time I was watching. I saw I had saw it years ago. I still got some of my old Jet magazines. But they had a boiling pot of crabs. And as the crabs was trying to crawl out of that hot water, there was someone over them pushing the top of the, the, the thing down to keep people down. And that's part of the problem. Now, we know that everybody don't want to be rich because it's tax season. I told Carter when she was showing me my income on one of my bank accounts, I was like, ew, I'm going to have a problem. You know, I'm in trouble because <laughs> I'm going to have some serious taxes to pay back, especially with no defendants, you know. But the thing is, wealth, you know, some people don't even know what that means. When we start talking about even with, with food, it's I ain't got no business with two refrigerators and a deep freezer. But you let me not have no food. I'm, I'm, I'm having a fit, you know. So when we start talking about these things, but when you start oppressing other people, denying them their rights, freedom, and liberty, denying them access to health care, now denying them to information or lying to them, that's a problem. That's where we start oppressing individuals. So today with this topic and talking about if you want to understand the Bible or understand what oppression and all this stuff means and what's going on in the world, we've got to learn to go back to reading the Word of God. And one must have a better understanding regarding the issue with oppression or being oppressed. And what does the Bible say about oppression? Because, like I said, have we forgotten about defending the weak, the fatherless? We got to talk about this because you got people out there defending Trump. Trump don't want to give up being president because he don't want to go to jail. He don't want to get in trouble. He don't want to tell them what to do. So now you gonna go to jail. You gonna be separated from your family. You out there talking about don't steal the vote that wasn't nothing stolen. <laughs> really? It's like when, when I hear people, I'm like, really? You you really believe that? To me, that is sad. To me, it angers me, but I know to be angry and not and sin not. To me, I'm looking at it from a different perspective, meaning I tell people I'm right or die, but I ain't gonna die for you for something stupid. I'm not gonna die. I'm not gonna be sitting up there talking about come on, Jeanette, let's go. No, I'm not the one. So what what do you have to say about this way, busy? And I see you on there. Hello, Victoria. You doing Miss Graham? <laughs> Man, I you know it's it's a lot. It's a lot what you just said. You know, it would take me a long time to expound on everything that you're talking about. But yeah, you say a lot. You know, I know you do, and it's okay because you have a lot of you have a cornucopia of experiences in your life that has led you to be who you are, where you are today, and that's that's much appreciated. You know, those credentials that you possess. But see, but let me let me let me tell you this. Not about the credentials. I thank God, when I was younger, I used to be like, Lord, why me? Why I got to go through all of this? Why? I was looking at something, <laughs> my auntie posted something on Facebook, and she it was about a woman who was in her 80s, and she had been married four times, 
and they were asking her about her marriage and what was it like to be married four times, and she started saying how I'm married for love, I'm married for this, I'm married for... And I, I was, it was funny because I commented, which I should have put my business out there, I said, oh, I need to go on there, I need to let her know, I'm going to beat her, I ain't going to have her, I got her. And I could say for each one of my five. <laughs> Where some people would feel embarrassed about that, I'm like, oh, what was what your number five? <laughs> it took me five times to really get this right. Five, you know. But something I used to tell my mother, I would have A through Z on my mailbox. Even though I felt kind of um, interesting, it's funny because I, my auntie posted this and I responded to it this morning. But yesterday I had to go take my notary exam, which I didn't take it because I had to do the show at four, so I had to reschedule. But I had to do the background check on it, actually for your aliases and other names. And by the time I got to write down all them names that I ain't never used, I said, ooh, <laughs> that's a whole lot of aliases, a.k.a. Jeanette. You know, right. but Jeanette been Jeanette Abney since 
to oppress someone else. But when you get into the mindset of that person, you find out that they're not too healthy, they doggone self. Because what would make another person, like they say, what is a man to gain the world and lose your soul? You want to well, hurt all innocent people? For what? Everybody, but hold on a second. You're talking Wait, about people, you right? Take away their jobs? You want to take away their 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 livelihood? You want really? We got people out here that are hungry. We got people out here that are unemployed. We got people out here that are dying. They can't even have a decent funeral. This week, I have three funerals to go to. Three back to back, and I'm like. These families are hurting. These families, and it's like, and then for some people to be told, we can't even bury your loved one. You got to wait a month. You got really. So when we talk about what does the Bible say about the oppressed, and it goes into Psalms eighty-two point three. That's not like a radio station. Defend <laughs> the weak and the fatherless. Uphold the cause of the poor and the oppressed. So when you are to defend them. It doesn't mean you got to go out there and ride gear and throw fire extinguishers and come in with pipe bombs. That ain't how we go defend nobody. That's not how we're even helping anyone. So when we start talking about I want to fight for a cause, what cause are you fighting for? So I'm going to ask you, Way Busy, because it sounds like you're also in ministry, but what would be the cause that you would be fighting for? What is something that you know I'm going to defend, and I know this is a big question, but it's just off the top of your mind. It's the truth. It's the truth. It's the truth. It's the truth is what you speak in love, and the reason why you can speak the truth in love is because God gives us wisdom, okay? Mm-hmm. And wisdom, wisdom is a her, and she was God's helpmeet in the beginning of his ways. So we mm-hmm. get wisdom from his word. Okay, and that, that's not all. We get as much wisdom as we want. I was remember times as a young, born again student of the word. I was always thinking, I don't remember. I can't understand everything you're showing me. I mean, I, it's wonderful. I, I, I can see that, mm-hmm. but I just don't understand it, God. And He kept mm-hmm. telling me, "Stay in the word." And that uh-huh. was, and that, that's what I de- that's what I that's what I came to realize is that was God's perfect will for way busy, is to stay in the Word, even though I didn't understand, stay in there. Uh-huh. I just kept go- kept going, kept going, kept going, and when God started giving me the understanding of that Word that uh-huh. I didn't that I didn't understand before, He started giving uh-huh. me the understanding as I got older and more mature in Him, because uh-huh. I was able to hear He Him. And the, uh-huh. the more you can hear he, him, the more you can see what God is saying where you didn't understand before. So God has a way of having a relationship with us that's spiritual right. in nature. Got you. And see, when we talk about wisdom, discernment, and also understanding, we've got to have a better understanding. And a lot of times when I hear things, I hear people, but I hear their feelings. That's not always uh-huh. their wisdom. I hear their feelings. Okay. I feel this way. Or I thought I got in a whole lot of trouble when I was a kid because I ain't I talk thought. about my feelings. I ain't talk about my feelings up here on the microphone. I ain't talk <laughs> I about remember, my feelings. I remember I was a kid. My mother said, "Jeanette, why you hit that little boy in the head with a violin?" Because I thought he was. Go- you thought because you thought that you suspended. You thought. <laughs> and now, when the, and now my daughter sent me 
a text talking about your grandson said the reason why he did bad at school is because Trump made him do it. Really? So, you know, when I hear these things, our thoughts, our feelings, now when we start talking about what does it mean to oppress someone, and I said it earlier in the show, and I'm reading this information as it's coming from Good Therapy, and it, and it talks about oppression occurs when someone or a person exercises authority or power in unfair, abusive, cruel, or needless controlling way. Now, that's a tyrant. Now we got that, and that's where it gets to when we start oppressing people. Now, I also found that that's just, just the word of the definition of just being what we talk about oppression. But it's also an unjust use of power at the expense of others, and it involves protecting. Meaning, I'm going to protect my power. I don't want to be I don't want to be where I'm not comf- I'm comfortable. I want the security of knowing I can do what I want to do. And I don't want nobody taking my privilege at the expense of other people. So I'm going to do all this. I'm going to be standing way here, and that's why we talking about God standing on the throne and people playing God and putting all of this stuff in people's heads. There's a lot of people that get a kick out of oppressing other people. So when we start talking about even whether it's the poor, whether it's the handicapped, whether it's the disabled, you know, people that can't fend for themselves, it's like if I see kids that are rude to their parents, that's one of my pet peeves, even as a therapist. When I get calls from parents and they tell me about their child or what their child did, if that kid is out of pocket, I'll be like, bring me that baby. Bring me that child, <laughs> except for my grandkids. <laughs> bring me that child. So I think that's why my, my um, family get mad at me. They be like, well, Jeanette, you don't, you laugh when so-and-so do it. But and with therapy, I get to work with other people's kids. Now, Michelle, I know, and I asked Bay Beasy about what he defends. I know one of the things that you always do is you try to defend kids that don't have parents or that are in the system that have yeah. That much I do know about you, and I've heard your passion, and I've seen you. <laughs> but when you you like a, a dog with a bone, when they don't do something from you, you no, you're not gonna treat this person like that. And you're very loyal to your friend. Yep. So, and I don't, I'm, I don't I'm that way with, I'm that way with, you know, most people. I mean, especially if somebody is, you know, trying to take something from them or not do it. And as you know, when, you know, especially kids in the system, they don't, you know, it's, they're just a number. I'm sorry, but that's mm-hmm. just the way it is. I mean, and, you know, it's, it should be about the best interest and in getting what's needed for them. And, you know, I've had people judges say to me, if it wasn't for her, I wouldn't know anything. I wouldn't know anything about this. But yeah, am I going to make people upset? And then are they going to get their thing and want to take the power? It's a power struggle. It becomes a power struggle. And I don't like to get into that with them. But that's what happens because they're like, oh no, I I don't want them to know that. And you know darn well I'm right in the middle of one right now. And I'm just, because it's coronavirus, I'm still waiting for it. And I'm thinking... They better get me in that courtroom before that judge judge retires because I want this judge to know exactly what these people did to these kids. And, you know, 
Um, but I'm going to do it politely <laughs> as I can. Really, Michelle, because you, boy, you be getting me in trouble. <laughs> well, but you I know, say, but you I know my lesson. You know, I, I, like I feel, like you said, you have to be, you, you know, that doesn't say that I'm going to be perfect. I just said that I'm going to do my best to, you know, smile and, okay, okay, we're going to get to this and, you know, we're going to, you know what, I mean, and my attitude is that sometimes what goes around comes around. Correct. Well, you know, so when people are taking the power, so. We start talking about the powers to be. And I remember in I, my mother's Bible, I don't know why, every time I do these shows, but, and that's why I do the J.A. Precious, people don't realize Precious was my mother's nickname. My mother used to call people in her Bible evildoers. And I used to be like, who are these evildoers? And when you think about it, it's those individuals that are oppressing other individuals or doing bad to people, you know. And when I did a show a couple of weeks ago talking about the righteous, meaning who are the righteous. And when it says that they will not be forsaken or their seeds make it bread, those are the things that are in the Bible. We have to learn how to stand up. <coughs> we have to learn how to pray for the oppressed and speak up. That don't mean that we got to go out there and beat somebody up, we got to do this, we got to make them lose their job. We gotta, that's not what it says. But when we start talking about humanity, and when we start talking about being a person, he talks about, and I found some information, and talk about how it works, they talk about violence. They talk about coercion. They talk about corruption. Then they talk about veneration. It's like, what do that really mean? When we talk about violence, does it have to be physical violence? You don't have to go around calling people names and and doing all these things to make to get your point across. Because you can be meek. You can be humble. You know, I'll tell people now, don't piss me off. Because if I got to pray or if I got to write a letter, you in trouble. <laughs> I'm going to open up a prison pretty soon here. A new prison is going to be right? open. I'm going to open up a new open up a new prison and it's going to be run differently this than what people are accustomed to. Well, even if you start talking about opening up a new prison, there are some individuals, but prison being a state of mind, you've got some individuals, when we start talking about there are some people that, that they feel that they're right of passage. So if that's well, what we're going to let the people, we're going to let the inmates run the prison. The inmates are going to run the, the prison. The inmates are going to run the prison. Everybody's going to run their group. There's a leader for each group. They nominate their leaders. Those leaders are responsible for their people. And these leaders are responsible to a single leader who is going to, who is going to control everything. And the whole thing is that as a, as a, as a unit, as a family unit in this prison, we're, 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 we're not getting worse. We're getting better. So people that step out of line are going to be dealt with in a way that's going to get them in a better position because we don't want people to get worse, we want them to get better. So we're transferring responsibility to people down the down the chain of command. Got you. But you know what, we're busy. That's a great concept, and you can go for it. Put your mind to it. There's a way of doing it where it don't have to be considered a prison. You can call it rehabilitation. You can call it what you want. You can start doing it and develop a program design, and then people get caught up with greed. They get caught up with money. They get caught up with funding. They get caught up with a lot of different things because if we even start in the home, because some of the times we start talking about oppression, it happens in our homes, it happens in our community, it's happening at our jobs. See, 
God is orchestrating and putting people in positions of leadership, but he got to oh, be able oh, oh. that you not go hurt his people. So that right there is huge. So we're seeing a flip. We're seeing things change. We, and see, when you said something about me, it's not about me. It's not. So some people be thinking that. It ain't about money. It ain't about power. It ain't about control. Because I don't even worry about that kind of stuff. And now with food, hell, every time I step on the scale, I weigh another pound. I'm about to let that go, too. So <laughs> I've got to do me a meatless diet because something got to give. But, you know, I want to I wanna throw something out there because I heard it, and I want to hear both your perceptions, both Michelle and Wade Busy, since I have you on the, on the air today. As I've heard a lot of protests, I've heard a lot of individuals fighting what they claim for justice, and I'm I'm watching the news as I'm even doing this show, and I'm seeing a Confederate flag, and I'm seeing a because sometimes we walk around with stuff we don't even know what the hell we're wearing, we don't even know why we got it going on, why we doing it. But I heard there's two different chants that I've heard. One, we will overcome. Two, you will not replace us. When I propose both of those chants to you, Michelle, we will not we will overcome, or you will not replace us. What are your thoughts mm-hmm. that? Well, I mean, so I, I, I look at it like, okay, you're asking me what I what my thoughts are about feeling that way. No, just the word, just the wording. What, what comes to your mind if you're hearing someone say and they're chanting, "We will overcome," or "You will not replace us." The time, well, I mean, in me, I say, I say that, and that's what I tell myself, because if I don't tell myself that, you know, you're going to just end up folding and being crushed and just getting into, so um, and I tell, it comes to my mind that, you know what, if you don't think to yourself that way, you're you're going to put yourself in a bad position. That's how I see, see it. Does that make sense? Okay, I, I just want to hear your perception. It's not about my opinion. I just want to hear your thought on that. Wait, busy. When you hear the two chants, we will overcome, or you will not replace us. What comes to your mind? Uh, what comes to my mind is is pride. You know, pride, and pride doesn't want to bow down to humiliation. Obviously, because these people are not having a humble. They're not in a humble position they're in a prideful position they're full of themselves so my job would be a little more uh hard to to do because these people have such a stiff neck you know a hard heart and so in order to soften them up i would have to be able to go over to their to to make an appeal to their compassionate nature now a lot of people don't have uh bowels of compassion that are blessed mm-hmm. as as mine are you mm-hmm. know and so i might not get my appeal uh mm-hmm. they might not they may not they may not consider what i'm saying right mm-hmm. so okay. that would put me in a, that, that would leave me in the same position that i would be in like what you're saying so i would well, want i would want to dis, i'd want i would want to disarm them 
to disarm them, right? And then, and then, and, and while I'm doing this, I'm also very, very fluent in Hebrew. Mm-hmm. Because when okay. I'm speaking, when I'm speak, when I speak, I don't know about anybody else, but when I speak, it's pictorial, so you can see what I'm okay. saying. And if you can see what I'm saying from that standpoint, then you can turn around and take a look and see where I'm coming from, which is my heart. I love to have a heart to heart with people. I don't want no gotcha. egos in the way. You understand? Okay. I appreciate and I respect what both of you guys just said. Don't have a problem with that. This was my thought. When I hear we will overcome, I hear hope. Someday we're going to overcome. Someday it's going to be better for us. We don't have to stay like this forever because we're going to overcome this. You're giving me hope. When I hear you will not replace us, I hear fear. I hear doubt. I hear insecurity. That's what I hear. I don't hear that when I hear that we will overcome. I don't hear all that fear. I hear hope. So a lot of times when we are placed in certain positions and we're looking at our situation and when we start talking about God can move these mountains, but that don't mean we got to go in there and try to move. We got to let go, let God. And sometimes we try to do things our own way. Now, I'm looking at some information in Proverbs 14:31. He who oppresses the poor shows contempt to their maker, but whoever is kind to the needy honors God. There's a big difference. There's a big difference even in what we see and even when we start talking about the interpretation because it means different things to different people. Now, I'm looking at some information, and it's coming from sharedhope.org, and it talks about what does the Bible say about an injustice and oppression. Learn to do good. Seek justice. Correct oppression. Bring justice to the fatherless. And please the widow's cause. In Isaiah 1.14, and also indicate, he has told you, O man, what is good, and what does the Lord require of you to do justice and to love kindness and to walk humbly with your God? It doesn't say riot. It doesn't say go around with batons. It doesn't. So the thing is, when we start talking about fighting for a cause, what is your cause and how are you fighting it? You know, we know that fair is not going to always be equal. We get that. We know that, and I know, if I need some stuff done, I was telling my God, my cousin the other day, he was telling me about a shooting in Compton. And I, I made some phone call. Well, first he told me about that. Then he was telling me about some guy that said he knew me that was in a wheelchair. I knew the name, but I had him confused with someone else. So I made a phone call. And I had my cousin cracking up. I said, I'm so glad I still got my ghetto pass so I can still call me a Pookie and a Ray Ray. And he started laughing at me to where they're like, okay, Janice, you got all these degrees, you got these visits. Yeah, but I can still got my ghetto pass. But by that same token, you don't have to forget where you come from, nor do you have to step on people or leave people behind. Those that want to come will come. Those that want to hear will hear. Those that want to speak, let them people are now starting to listen. And you don't have to make them listen. They'll listen if you're talking about something. But if you're sitting up there just jabbing your jaws, 
Your mouth is moving, but ain't nothing coming out to help other people. Don't nobody want to hear that. You know, and that's what my I give my little my my daughter tease me, and I be like, really, really, for real, for real, really. So wisdom, discernment, and understanding. Know what you're fighting for, and don't operate out of fear. You know, a lot of times when we start talking about the person that are oppressing individuals, it's just a big old bully. And what happens is they use tactics to intimidate, meaning you don't want out of this situation. You don't want – I think of Harriet Tubman. I think of all the – and trying to help and save people, but then they go back to the same old stuff that they've been doing because they're used to it. And I was waiting on somebody to call in talking about Babylon – because I don't want to go out of my lane. But when we start talking about, and I'm looking at something about an overview.com, and it says um, it goes into oppression and social justice in the Bible. And they have like a beginner's guide. And it says if you want to understand the Bible and if you want to understand the world, you need to understand the problem of oppression because it is a problem. It is one of the key problems that the writers of the scriptures address from the first book of the Bible to the last. It's all in the Bible, which they indicated is a book of instruction before leaving earth. Now, they put a guide together, and they do an overview of the Bible, and they talk about the problem with oppression, and they cover it in regards to what is oppression, the biblical origins of oppression, how oppression works in the Bible, they even talk about Babylon, the icon of a depression, and Israel, a holy nation. I had a conversation with um, with a friend of mine in regard to that, and he was talking about what's going on in Israel and and people in the peace deals being made. And so when we even start talking about politics, sometimes people use the Bible to their advantage. Um, Jesus versus oppression, the hope of resurrection and a new way. So all of this stuff is written. Now, Michelle, what do you think about that? Because I know, I know I'm know i not a Bible scholar, so I'm not going to sit here and say I am, because I try to get the stuff to the information. I try to share it with people so that individuals can also help me increase my understanding. What, is, what do you think about all that, Michelle? Well, I agree with everything you're saying. Um, and... You know how I am, so you know I have to be very careful about how I say things and do things. So, but I totally agree with what you're saying, and um, I'm just, I just think it's sad we're like we're going through right now, and that people are going through, and there's not much you can do because, you know, I feel very blessed for what I have, and then sometimes at night I'll get really sad because I think about other people that are less blessed, you know, and that's why I can't even turn the news on because it's, and especially like the homeless people and mm-hmm. like um, kids and, you know, and especially, you know, I have a heart for kids, even adults in the system. But, you know, I know that kids really can't do much for themselves. Adults right. can if they want to, but some mm-hmm. adults just don't want to because they're too afraid to do it because mm-hmm. that's just the way they are. They just, they're too afraid that they're not going to be able to do it. And mm-hmm. so they slip back mm-hmm. the other way. Oh, that's part of keeping people oppressed. 
by handicapping people, you know, doing for people what they can do for themselves. You know, like I said, as we're talking, I'm doing this show, I'm still on Facebook Live, and I'm looking at the Department of Justice in Washington, and they're talking about the Department of Justice, FBI discussed charges against the writers. If you would have known what you go do, go send you to jail, would you do it? If you know that it's like it's, you got to learn how to fight differently. you got to learn how to, to let your cause to state it. And, see, that's why people say sometimes, watching that, like on Facebook Live, i got two people. I don't care if it's zero people. At least two people right now are paying attention. I put the platform out there to give people a magnaphone to speak and a microphone to speak. I don't tell people, don't talk about this, don't talk about that. You know these shows are not pre-rehearsed. You know these shows are not to so we go into one party or another. It's to encourage, it is to empower, and it's to try to help people, help themselves. And you know I don't mind doing that. But there's a lot of individuals out there that are so afraid, even therapists thinking, well, if I help this person get a license, they may take some of my clients. So I'm going to make them and I'm going to have, no, so they can work under me. No. I've even had therapists that I'll say, if you want to open up your own company, talk to me. I don't say if you open it up, I want 10% of your, I don't do people like that. But there's a lot of people out there that will. So you just got to make sure you can dodge and maneuver around this kind of stuff and so that you know what you're dealing with. Now, I know we don't have a lot of time, and I, but I do want to put this out there. And like I said, it's easy to recognize oppression at the individual level. So a lot of times we'll just say, like I said, kids will say, oh, that's not fair, or they got more than me, or why can't I live in this neighborhood, or why can't I? Okay, I got another car to call in, so let me get a fresh idea. Hi, this is Jeanette. Welcome to Pressure Predicaments, number N03. What do you want to add to the show? What is the show about? The show is about being oppressed. Nothing. I'm just listening right now. Okay, you just listening right now. I'm on a tantrum right now, so I know that voice. You know I know my you know I know my Barry White's voice. <laughs> How you doing, babe? How you doing? Okay, so, again, it's easy to recognize, like I said, on an individual level, but a lot of times, even in families, we deal with oppression to where one family member may not want another family member to succeed. And it's like, I like when I was listening to, um, even with Al Sharpton and when we were dealing with the George um, Floyd situation, was like, get your neck, get your knee off my neck. Why are you trying to hold me down? Why are you trying to stop me from proceeding? You know, so, but the thing is you've got to realize when you see people like that, sometimes you've got to dodge them. You've got to try to go the other way because you may not be the one that needs to fight that battle. That may not be your battle. So when we start talking about oppression and we look at it on all different levels, we know that it's wrong. We know it's wrong. But some individual, again, it goes back to they don't want to be uncomfortable, they don't want to lose their privilege. They don't want to um, cheer at the expense of somebody else. The and foundation that's the issue was, if I may, uh, ego, uh, jealousy, envy, 
um, a lot of, and it probably stemmed from a lot of family members also. Mm-hmm. Um, when you when you talk about an evening with family, because I start with family. You have family that will oppress you. My mother was one that everything seemed to come out of her mouth was negative. You know, it was like a, I thought I was being set up for failure, but I didn't let her get in my spirit because I knew what God had for me was for me. And when doors and opportunities start opening up, I wasn't afraid to step out on, on faith. I wasn't afraid that if I did or something happened. I mean, I felt bad sitting in that testing room yesterday. But when I got there at 1230 for a 1:30 test, and now here it is, 2.30, and you're going to tell me I'm not going to test until 4, but then yet I got a show to do it for, I had to take a stand. And I had to raise my hand and say, um, can I reschedule? What, what, what you, excuse me, what you got to realize, you live in California. Mm-hmm. And everywhere you go to do whatever you have to do, expect the crowd. Always expect traffic at 12 o'clock at mm-hmm. night. You live in California. It's overpopulated. So getting mad at something that you should expect is on you. Got you, babe, but this is the thing. I wasn't mad about that. I was disappointed in the fact that when I got the email and the letter, they said my test was supposed to start at 1.30. So I got a woman from Panama. I got a woman in Alabama for a show, and we're going to be talking about something that's very powerful and trying to, and I put all this information out there, so I'm trying to be responsible and be held accountable for what I said I was going to do and be also a woman of my word. Now, if I had to reschedule, I'd have probably rescheduled the show. I tried that, but they weren't available. But my expectations were, you told me 1.30. I got there early. I was there at 12.30. Now, i got to wait till 4. I want to do a pre-screening I did a six-hour training already. I got to say, but but it wasn't a problem. It worked itself out. But when I say oppression and holding people back and holding people down, sometimes life can also be a process of elimination. And sometimes we eliminate ourselves by our attitude too. So our attitude kind of has a lot to do with our attitude, our, our altitude. But I got a question about that and I asked Michelle, so I'm going to ask you. When you hear people chant, will overcome, versus you will not replace us, what comes to your mind? Because, see, you live in the country. So what comes to your mind when you hear the chant? I, I couldn't understand you, but if you ask okay, me, 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 we'll... I, when I you hear when you hear the chant, we will overcome, versus the chant, you will not replace us, what comes to your mind as it relates to oppression and the thought process of those words in those two statements? Well, it depends on where it's coming from and who it's coming from. Um, if you're around negative people, you understand the vibe. Uh-huh. But... But, yeah, I mean, if you're around people 
that's always whatever you understand their intent from past behavior. So you try to keep yourself away from that or from people like that. So when you say when you hear it, you have an expectation going around certain people. Mm-hmm. And that expectation can be good or bad, so you know when you get there what you're going to be dealing with. And how, okay. and you should be, hopefully, you're at an age of understanding. But uh, as an adolescent, I understand that they deal with it uh, as far as family is concerned. But as you get older, well, I'm going to stay from Ray Ray and them. They always got something bad uh, to say or, or nothing good to say about no situation. So I, I eliminate, try my best to eliminate being around people that are like that. Mm-hmm. But I have a question for you. And being in ministry and talking about being oppressed. Because I've been no, waiting up for Pastors, I talk, put a call out for people, so I need your help on this one. We talk it's about the Bible. Do uh-huh. what, what does the Bible uh-huh. say about being oppressed or the, or the oppressed? Well, there's plenty of things in there, but like I just said, um, I think if people is dealing with that, you know, I, I think you have to consider your environment. What you? What are you around? Because uh-huh. it's easy to get yourself out of a situation, just as easy it is to put yourself in one. Uh-huh. Around people, that's going to and oppression also has a lot to do with ego. Uh-huh. Don't put yourself there. Correct. Yeah. Now, oppression is a flywheel that keeps on turning, and oppressive systems self perpetuate The powerful grow more powerful, which makes it easier for them to even take even more from the weak. Right? We talk about, I don't want to say the powers will, but it's a little different because physically stronger individuals can try to oppress what they consider physically weaker individuals. But don't underestimate the power of God. Because the problem is, while you think you are oppressing individuals, you also giving them tools and skills to help them out of their situation. Now, we've ran over our time. I want to thank you for joining me here at Precious Predicaments Blog Talk Radio. I appreciate you, babe, for calling in. I'll call you right back now as soon as I get off the air. And thank you, Michelle, for joining us. So I'm going to ask you, do you want to say a prayer for individuals? Oops, did I just you off? We just hung up. Okay. So I guess he don't want to say no prayer for nobody. So, again, <laughs> thank you for joining us here at Precious Predicaments Blog Talk Radio. Michelle, anything you want to say to the listeners before we hang up? Because um, Keith just hung well, up. Well, just so. that the oppression is all over. You know, I know the gentleman said something about you, where your environment, like referring to mm-hmm. California. And, you know, mm-hmm. but like you said, you know, if you have an appointment, it'd be like the same thing. If the doctor tells you to come at a certain time, can you come? Okay, if you didn't mm-hmm. come at that time and you came two hours late, he wouldn't see you, okay? Yeah. So it doesn't matter what about the area you're in. But in the environment, you're, if it's, yeah, I mean, certain people are in certain environments and they're not used to that. So mm-hmm. um, you have to see and put yourself, like, in that environment. But 
you can also keep yourself out of that environment. And I've learned to do that. I mean, keep people, you know, that are negative and like that and away from me because, you know, um, if you put yourself in that environment and you let them override on you, then you're going to probably maybe get suckered into something. So, but I don't know. This is not coming from what Jeanette got to say, because I went to what's called a overviewbible.com, and it talks about because what we're trying to do is, like I said, when you know better, you do better. Reversing oppression is difficult. I'm not saying it's easy, because you always right. going to have the have and have not. You're always going to have those that look stronger or those that may appear to be weaker. But don't underestimate nobody, and don't do things for your own financial political gain by hurting other people on purpose because we got somebody else we need to answer to. So even though it's going to be difficult because in an oppressive system, there's much reason for the powerful people to change things. So like I said, people are being orchestrated and put in positions for a reason but not to abuse and take advantage of their position. So that's where greed, that's where pride, that's where all of that stuff plays a role and it becomes a problem. So why should someone give up their position of power? Wouldn't that just leave the power vacuum for someone else or someone less trustworthy than yourself This would be in? Well, one of the things, is even if you go into the Bible and Ecclesiastic, it explores that problem, the more powerful you are, the more you can become or develop an oppressive system. Now, I'm not going to say what kind of power I got because I use God as my resource, as my tool, as my guidance, not people. People, yeah, you may call me and say, hey, Jeanette, I got this contract, or hey, Jeanette, I get that. But I trust God. And I've learned not to take advantage, not to use, not to exploit, because the same people you step on when you're at the top, you might need some people when you hit the bottom. So I've learned not to mistreat the alcoholics or the poor or the elderly or the children, because some people don't forget. Now, forgiveness, right. yes, is a choice. But some of this stuff is like the old saying go, I don't want to be on the wrong side of history. I don't want to be one that people remember, well, Jeanette, remember when you did da 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 You know, and sometimes just apologizing to individuals or letting people know, you know what, I was afraid, I was hurt. We got to do better than what we're doing right now because this is looking very civilized. I'm not going to live in fear. I'm not going to sit up here and be talking about if I see my neighbor, but I, I sure want to sit. I don't know if my neighbor been home because I, I live by some people that's really interesting. I wanted to say, I wonder if he on TV somewhere, you know. But by that same token, there's some of the things, and these are some of the arguments they make. It wasn't, or life isn't fair, or it was either me or them. I'm doing what I have to do to protect my family or whatever. If I look weak, I'm inviting people to take advantage of me, which is one of the things probation, I mean, a uh, the president was saying when he was at the podium, pumping them people up, knowing he wasn't walking down the street with them. Life isn't fair, or if they want a different outcome, they should have made better decisions, which is not always the case. And I can't become complacent and settle for less. 
how to do better. So, Michelle, again, thank you. Have a safe drive because I can still hear you driving. And I appreciate you. I'm almost, I, I'm almost, I'm almost home. Thank you so much. And you're right. And you, <laughs> All right. You get with joining me. You won't forget, but you have to forgive. Even our president, you won't forget, but you have to somehow figure out how to forgive him because of what has happened. But that's the well, very difficult you know what I'm thing to do. I'm going to say I, I read something, and I, I've seen some things, and i got to put that. I know we're over time. But there was a woman that went onto Twitter, and she turned her mother in, or told, identified her mother because somebody took her picture or something. Her mother got punched in the face at that rally, and her face was all messed up. Uh-huh. The daughter was confused because the mother put her out of her home for attending a Black Lives Matter protest and it was dangerous, and you shouldn't be getting involved. But her mother was dishonest to her, according to the article that I read. The mother was dishonest to her and told her that she had to leave town to go take a family member for a medical procedure, and then her mother wind up being pictured with getting hit in the face. So in other words, it's bad for me to go to a peaceful protest, but you went to a Trump rally and got punched in the face. So it's these things that when we start talking about oppressing individuals, sometimes we have a way of oppressing individuals by giving them inaccurate information. By lying to people, we can handicap them. If they came to you and I told you, you know, Michelle, the reason why this happened to you is because they're trying to keep you down. No, I don't need to be feeding you a bunch of rhetoric that I know it's not true. I'm going to be held accountable and responsible for for the outcome of what you do because I planted that seed in you. That's where right. it becomes a problem. Our words are powerful, and we want to be able to trust that our leaders know what they're doing. But not to the point to where I'm going to lead you down this road and now you in some quicksand. That's where it becomes a problem. Now, your truth may be your perception. But don't be making stuff up and you know it's not true because you're trying to hold on to power. Enough is enough, and it's not fair to other people, even people that got almost just as much power as you do. Stop bullying and and trying to control and lying to people that you know that can say, well, my ghetto pass. I can make the phone call to call me some pookie and some rays, but really? Really I need to do that? No. I'm trying to handle so that I won't get Pookie and Ray Ray in trouble. So, again, thank you for joining us. I'll come up with a topic. Okay. If you want to be a guest on the show, email me, inbox me, email me at jabneylmft at gmail.com. I love to hear your thoughts. I love to hear your, whatever topics you want to talk about. So, until next week, remember you got this and please. Thank you. Okay. Thank you. Okay. Step into the world of power, loyalty 
and luck. I'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you wanna get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus.